0: Each week, Team Reba will be bringing you a roundup of real estate and mortgage news, along with information about the local Puget Sound region, highlighting some of the best and brightest entertainment options, family events, neighborhood highlights, and local business interviews, so you can feel right at home in the Pacific Northwest.
1: Welcome once again to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Haas from Team Reba, REMAX Metro Eastside.
2: And I'm Eric Osnes from HomeBridge Financial Home Mortgage. Happy weekend.
1: Yes, happy weekend right back at you, my friend.
2: Another busy summer for everybody, I'm imagining.
1: Yes. Yes. it is. It's a very different kind of summer. A lot of my favorite activities have not necessarily been able to continue on. But what I do love about people in this area is how adaptive they are. That's right. And so they're popping up with different kinds of ideas and concepts and ways to still gather that are very friendly to, you know, the COVID situation that we all still need to be mm-hmm. at least somewhat familiar with. And But yeah, you're still like, and I say this because boating, Mm -hmm. right? So, as many of our listeners have heard on the show, I am now, I've, I've been moved on in my role from Rear Commodore to Vice Commodore. (laughs) With, with the
2: emphasis on Vice?
1: Yeah, yeah, p- yes, probably, at least for this next year, uh, you know, with Rainier Yacht Club. And so normally with that, I'm part of the Tritons Class 2022, because mm-hmm. that's going to be the year that I am Commodore, mm-hmm. right? And... You know, we've had a bunch of our junior officer balls canceled, and now we're already pre-planning the stuff for the fall because the expect you know expectation oh, sure. is that we'll be able to get back into that. Mm-hmm. But uh, in the meantime, we've all had to get very creative about how we still connect and get together and still get into our kind of boating lifestyle. Right. How do you
2: how do you be social? Yeah, in a in a, safe a lot of virtual of a way. Right, right. It's
1: not the same mm-hmm. for sure. But what I love is that. Um, it's, it's really, it's it's tested lots of organizations to, to really become adaptive. Um, and, and I bring this up partly because it's also modified how we do our business. Mm-hmm. Of course. You know, and we were going to talk today on our show about all the things you might need to know and where you would need to go find it, and how to be adaptive and like learning and understanding what you're doing when you go into a real right. estate process. Some of process. the tools that might
2: be available yeah. you know, throughout that, throughout that exactly. process. You know, and just a quick note too on this whole, Pandemic thing and mm-hmm. everything. Take some time for yourself. Yes, you know, please, please, very please. important. You know, this has been a stressful, stressful time, mm-hmm. and it's really important that your own sort of mental outlook and everything is mm-hmm. is, is is healthy. Yeah, that you're you're taking care of yourself. Self care and, is and, very important. And just sometimes, just turn the TV off and yes, go do please. something. You know, it's walk around the block, you know, mm-hmm. or it's go work out or or, you know, call yeah. your friends or, or whatever it is. Yeah. But, but I to, found
1: this a great time to reconnect with people. Absolutely. Because more yeah. people aren't out running around and doing stuff and unavailable. Mm-hmm. And they're more likely, you know, I've been doing virtual happy hours and, <laughs> you know, yeah. other like house party, whatever they're called, you know, with yeah. the apps and things like that because because people do still have a need to connect right um and so you just got to be adaptive and find a a way to to get what you need I found
2: myself I was even uh, I was walking it was through a was it a Costco Mm -hmm. and uh and I got the mask on you know Mm -hmm. and 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 all that and I almost there's an inclination to like ignore people you know because you've got this on and you're Mm -hmm. just everybody's stressed and focused you can still make eye contact you can say hello you know you can talk st- to somebody, you know I'm it's always okay. still looking okay. because
1: I'm trying to figure out whether or not I'm gonna run into somebody I know, I know and just not recognize them because there's a mask on their Ex- face exactly and yeah and,
2: and and so you know it's just really important to kind of keep that keep that social mm-hmm. interaction going. And, I will
1: say if you want to be kind of funny, some of those like n ninety five masks, if you have the benefit of having them, or I'm actually yeah. watching people be really funny and they're like drawing like smiles oh, yeah. on the outside of them and stuff yeah. Good, and yeah. it's you know they're trying to have a sense of humor gotta have you gotta smile you, you have to have a sense smile. of humor
2: and you know and and you know if this is your first pandemic um, <laughs> <laughs> welcome we'll, to the party we'll get through it that's <laughs> yeah. right you know someday we'll look back and go i'm glad that's over oh yes you know but but yeah. these things end you know and it, it, mm-hmm. it can seem bad for a while but you know if you know what it it, it always gets better I, yeah, I just we'll had this through.
1: conversation with someone the other day because they were talking about some stuff. And I said, you know what? A big chunk of what is going on for that particular, because they were talking about somebody who was pretty down in the mouth about a bunch of stuff. I said, but you know what? Here's the thing. A good chunk of that is just personal choice. Mm-hmm. Choosing yeah. to be happy versus not. Yeah, right? that's true. Finding the negative versus the positive. And it really does. It takes it takes pushing yourself and sometimes getting a little bit out of your comfort zone yeah. to be able to do it that. Does. It does, it but, but the yeah. benefits of it, are, you know, you can't, you can't do anything, you know, I don't know, they're just, they're priceless, you know, That's when right. you can adjust the attitude and come at it from a different point of view. I just, I've had more and more people constantly asking me, like, how was it that you, like, okay, so the hairstylists mm-hmm. have opened up, right? right. And so, um... Minnie Tefesse, who owns Abyssinia Hair Salon down in Renton, mm-hmm. uh, with franchises available, by the way. I'm going to have her on the show soon because she was actually scheduled fun. to come on before coronavirus hit yeah. real hard. Yeah. And then we had to push out her show. So we're yeah. going to have her on in the coming weeks. And, um, you know. I think she
2: could do my my tips or something you know, yeah, while she's on the show. She's
1: kind of a magician, but I'm not so sure about your your good. head. I'm Well, that's Okay. People have to see what your head looks like to right. understand why that comment's it's very being made. shiny. It's not because, yeah, it's not because she's not talented. She's very talented, and I've <laughs> I've got photos online on my like Instagram and Facebook if people want to see. She does really great quality work. Just think, Bruce Willis. <laughs> yeah, for you, not me. <laughs> not yes. You. Yeah, but but what I was gonna say is, I went to go see her, and and I I you know she made me feel really good because I you know I went in I have a good attitude, mm-hmm. and uh, I popped in and she was just like. It's so nice to have you come in. She goes, so many people are just so really down and depressed. And she goes, oh. she goes, you're just like a light that just burns bright. You come in, and I'm smiling and I'm laughing, and you have funny stories, and oh, you know, and yeah, yeah. So it, you know, and the thing is, is I have done exactly what you were just recommending. Mm. I, I already walk every day anyway with my mm-hmm. dog, but yeah. I have upped the cadence with him. So my dog is even more wiped out than usual because oh, he's good. getting like yeah. four miles a day, good. which is very good. And then, you know, my workout routine, You know, like there's all these people who are saying, like they're saying the COVID-19 isn't because of the year <laughs> that the it came in, how many pounds yeah. they've picked up. So a lot of people, I'm like, I haven't, I've lost that's a couple good. of pounds awesome. during this whole thing, yeah. but that's because I, I take time And focus on the self care, Mm -hmm. right? Because it is really important. And I've had a home office for twenty three years, so it's I get that it's a huge adjustment for many, but it's a very doable thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. It's very very. And I will say that there's a lot of people with really good stories about how. They have been able to really reconnect with family because, you know, before they were spending so many hours in commute time and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm getting to know my kids. I'm getting to know my spouse, you know, or my significant other better because, we had all this travel time before. Right. Right? So, yeah. it's. I mean, there are some pluses that yeah. are out there. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And you're also seeing artists, you know, of different kinds, like musicians and other, you know, like performance art, mm-hmm. really getting super creative. Yes, absolutely. Right? Yeah. So, you yeah. know, yeah. where there's a will, there's a way.
2: That's right. People, this that's one thing about this country. We can be very, very creative.
1: Exactly. You know? And Amazingly adaptive. So. That's the number one mm-hmm. thing about the human race is that yeah. we're highly highly adaptive right. absolutely so. well yeah, yeah. Th-
2: this show one of the things i was thinking about is is as folks have been working more from home and we have a lot of uh, we have a crazy busy real estate market because i think mm-hmm. a lot of people are frankly they just aren't happy with where they're living they're sick of it yeah because they've and had they, to be in it they're a stuck lot. in it now and now mm-hmm. they're thinking i want something bigger i want something different mm-hmm. i want to be I need out a of space. the city or i need a workspace i want to be yeah. maybe thinking about the suburbs so I got thinking about what are some, some things that come up in, in a typical uh, – That was a magical sound you just don't had know there. I where that came from. Like, there, I was thinking, and just, it, uh, it
1: said a thinking sound. Let me, just, uh, <laughs> let
2: me just mute that right there. What I was thinking about is how do you research an area that you don't know? So, so let's uh. say I'm and, – and what, what kind of got me thinking about it is I was reading an article about a, uh, one of these mega housing developments that's going up in Black Diamond. Okay. And there's what, six thousand home units uh, going in out that way. And and a lot of those areas are developed in what's called a mine hazard area. That was mm-hmm. a coal mining uh territory.
1: Yes, as was Renton. As was
2: Renton. And and there are mine shafts out there, abandoned mm-hmm. shafts, and every now and then you'll see an article where somebody's, you know, play set <laughs> you know sinks into the ground. Yeah. And uh and it's like, so how how do you know yeah, you know the the history or the story about the lot that you're buying, the place that you're buying, and uh, and so I got thinking about that. There's a lot of different mm. sort of there's well, a lot of hazards. potential hazards, yeah, yeah you know, that, that can come up, and especially if it's not an area that you grew up in or that you're super familiar with, right? And and so I thought we would maybe run down some of those yes. thoughts and ideas. Well, this is
1: going to be an interesting show because um, we're probably also going to dispel a few. What I would almost consider myths of what people think an agent should know, Mm -hmm. seller disclosure forms, and what could or should be on those, and really what a buyer's duties are as they go into a transaction. Mm -hmm. Because I think there's a um, misrepresentation out there somewhere that somehow all agents know everything and have access to all. And that it is incumbent upon the agent themselves to to have all this, to just serve up on a platter to somebody. Right. And you and I both know that in this industry, uh, the term caveat emptor was, you know, let the buyer beware Mm -hmm. is how the courts look at the industry. Absolutely. Right? Now, it's one thing if a real estate agent knows information and doesn't share that information, but you and I both know that there are so many people who fall in and out of this industry that the knowledge base is not consistent right. across all, all lines. In fact, actually, to your point, I, was, I, I have a listing out in Port Orchard that's on Septic. Mm-hmm. And one of my friends through the Yacht Club uh, work that I do, uh, she's in Bremerton. And I called her up because we had several people contact us that wanted to do showings out there. And as you know, I don't do dual agency.
0: Mm-hmm. So I was
1: going to refer to them to somebody who I know and respect and I know is a good, strong, ethical person. Mm-hmm. And so we contacted her to say, hey, anyone that we have, would you be willing to you know, maybe work with them? And she said, oh, absolutely, of course. And what was funny was she, she immediately launched into, I think she was maybe slightly annoyed that I was doing something in Kitsap County. But I just, she's like, do you know what our septic rules are out here? And I'll get into that a little bit more after we have this break. But I thought it quite interesting that she felt the need to do this, although I will give her credit that she did check to make sure I had the right knowledge base for it. But we'll be right back on Open House with Team Reba after these messages, and we got a lot more to cover.
0: Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The Answer. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba.
2: Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Austinus from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage.
1: And I'm Reba Hass from Team Reba.
2: Man, Reba, you've kind of had me sitting on the edge of my seat, you know, about ready to launch <laughs> into septic rules in King County. No, not King County. I mean, Kitsap, Kitsap County. Kitsap County. Ooh, Kitsap yes.
1: County. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, so there are different rules in different counties around septic. Of course. Right? Yeah. So we know that in King County, the Department of Health actually. Um, is the one that's kind of in charge of all of that, Mm -hmm. right? And many people don't even think about that. They think it's like the planning department or some other place, and it's really a department of health uh, because it's a a sanitary issue, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And so um, in King County, when you're buying and selling property here, uh, there's a requirement that in the within the last 12 months that it's been inspected and pumped, mm-hmm. right? And so you have to have the documentation to show all of that. And you want to make sure when you're selling the property, you know, that everything's functioning properly. Because if it's not functioning properly, it's going to be nearly impossible to get that loan mm-hmm. for the buyer, right? If it's showing that it sure it's, can be. if, yeah, if it's right. in a defunctory state, they're mm-hmm. not going to go for that because right. when it's not working properly, if there's a failed septic field or anything like that, then it's considered uninhabitable. Correct. Right? Yeah, that's right. So, um, but over in Kitsap, you have uh, what's called a conveyance document. Mm-hmm. And theirs is slightly different because that is valid for up to three years. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, we we got the right documents. There's a document 22UU that is the real estate form involved with that. Then you have the conveyance form. We had the inspection document um, from when it was done with my clients purchased this place because they bought it just just shy of three years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they're relocating to Tacoma right now. So in that situation, you know, here I am talking to my, you know, friend and colleague and, She's saying, hey, do you know about this? And I was like, yeah, we do. But what I recognized as I was going through the documents that my transaction coordinator had uploaded was we really didn't have an as-built. And sure enough, what's one of the questions one of the agents asked me? Hey, do you know? Like, I didn't really pay uh, attention when I was there. Can you tell me where the septic field as, is? As-built, well,
2: meaning a map of the, Correct. Of the lot showing yep. where the septic is located on the lot.
1: Correct, like where the lines are, if yeah. there's any pumps, and if there's, you know, all those kinds of things. Those really
2: didn't start to show up until, I, I don't know, I want to say maybe the 80s. You know, yeah. There, there might be some slightly earlier than that, but, you know. Well, you also
1: you, have to see that that, um, that kind of comes along with, as we started to get into computing, mm-hmm. uh, more commonly inside of government organizations, right. and now documents could be scanned. Exactly. Back right.
2: Bef- before that, it was microfiche.
1: Exactly. And so you would have to go to a courthouse or, you know, some kind of county facility mm-hmm. and go through the microfiche mm-hmm. looking right. for that. So, yeah, um, yeah so when we ha- so think about that when you've got some houses here that have been you know with the same owner for 40 or 50 years mm-hmm. right so there may not be a whole lot of recorded documents against oh, that sure. property can
2: i tell you a story
1: oh god i'm i i guess i get no, no. don't get to say no well, this is
2: my house <laughs> yes as, as you yes. know so so i do know intimately it's on septic and mm-hmm. it's actually two septic systems because yes. there's a little ADU yeah it's got its own septic yep. system the house has its septic system guess what I found a third septic system
1: you did
2: I was digging in the garden what does that say call before you dig well I didn't but I was digging okay and I broke a pipe and I'm like what is where that? is this coming from yeah uh it was a third septic system that fed my kitchen and downstairs kitchen sink.
1: So a gray water field.
2: Yeah. Had no idea it was there. Oh my goodness. Yeah. No idea. Yeah.
1: And so, okay, listeners, uh, <laughs> it's it's actually unusual to find a gray water field. Yeah, um, yeah. In my 17... Now, oh, by the way, June 1st was my wow. anniversary. Congratulations. So, that's right. Yeah. 18, I'm 18, in my 18th 18, year. 18 years. Yeah. So... Yeah, so um, we had a, a property in Kent, same kind of thing, beautiful home. And thankfully the owners knew that it had a black field and a gray field. Yeah. yeah. And the gray field, meaning that's like dishwasher, right. you know, that kind of stuff, yeah. everything but toilet. Right. Yeah. And so, um, I remember we had a problem with that particular one and they had to, uh, they, they had to move the gray water system into the black water system and add a new field and that, that brought up a whole bunch of stuff mm-hmm. uh, in that transaction sure. because they were on two opposite ends of the house. And so the plumbing change that had to happen with that oh, same here. was yeah. big. Yeah. And the other thing was because this was um, a kind of a terraced lot, where they could actually place that. Because here's the thing, they couldn't put it in certain sections because that property had had fill, oh, fill dirt. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. And so the county will not allow you to put a drain field no. into fill material. Right. And so we had to get another, you know, section of the parcel which was up above, which meant a pump had to be then utilized. I mean you could see really you quickly. Can see, I can
2: see the uh, the dollar signs like, oh, yeah. spinning ta-ting, on that one. Yeah it starts to get real expensive. You know Well
1: um, So and you're yeah. talking
2: about as belts. You know, yeah, my home was built in nineteen forty seven. There are no as belts. Correct. And and uh, the seller had limited information. Uh, so I, I just found this one out the hard way, you know, literally, you know, by breaking a pipe and having to fix it. But um, you know, so there there can be things when you're buying a home that are gonna gonna pop up like that. You know, we we're we we're talking about um, you know coal mines and things. There actually, I found online a coal mine map. You can actually go to mm-hmm. dnr.wa.gov, and if you're buying a home that's anywhere in Bellingham is part of this Renton uh maple mm-hmm. valley black diamond yeah you know these are all areas that were pretty heavy into coal mining um there i don't think there's a huge risk of a collapsing mine shaft or something like that most of the mine shafts when when the miners left those mines abandoned those mines they collapsed them yeah you know, they they took all the supporting materials out so mm-hmm. if there was going to be a a collapse it's usually within the first couple of years after the those shafts right. are abandoned but they didn't get everyone
1: no, and but here is one of the other things I'll tell you because since I do live in Renton, as mm-hmm. as you know, and many of our listeners, um, one of the things that can also sometimes alert you, if if you didn't know this was available, is like on my title when I bought my house down in Renton back in two thousand seven, mm-hmm. on my title it stated that I would not receive the mineral rights. Mm-hmm. To my property. And this was a document from back in the late 1800s. It yes. was, I think, 1885. I think it's one of the oldest ones I've seen so far. Yep. And be, and the reason being because Talbot Hill was where there was major coal mining mm-hmm. happening. right? And so, and, and here's the other thing about some of those things having been collapsed and everything else, and or major um, changes to the landscape, mm-hmm. uh, when Benson Highway went in, the underground springs that ran mm-hmm. through that hillside were um, disrupted. They were disrupted and yeah. it and it flooded many mm-hmm. properties yeah. Yeah. in those adjacent neighborhoods, yep. including my own. Yep. In fact, one of my neighbors, just two doors down from me, um, has had continuous issues with, because uh, her foundation got a crack in it. And so she will get water on occasion. I think she's finally gotten the full thing taken care of, but... I mean, I just, I feel for her because that leads into, you know, you're talking about the, the mines and you can, as you said, it's DNR, uh, department of natural resources.wa.gov. Mm-hmm. That's a place to go to your title. Sometimes will alert you to that, but here's the thing. When she goes to sell that property, depending when she may or may not need to disclose about the flooding in her basement, mm-hmm. right? Cause uh, many times it's about a time limit right. on yeah. that. So um, what we're bringing up here, listeners, is you can't always count only on what's called the seller disclosure form or known as in the industry. Because if you're not using agents, you can find these forms available elsewhere, uh, but within an agent kind of sponsored sale uh, it's usually called yeah. also the Form 17. Mm-hmm. So, the Northwest Multiple has a document that's six pages long currently. It changes all the time. When I started, it was only five pages. Now it's six pages. And that has a list of title issues, which include things like easements. Is there mining? Is there any kind of other interest in the property? Right. Mm-hmm. Then it goes through things such as the water you know, which can include, is it well, is it public, you know, the sewer system, is it sewer connected, is it septic system, you know, is everything connected to these drains, you know, it goes into all of those uh, types of things. And then um, it also goes into environmental hazards, which is a lot of what you and I are going to be covering on the show, because things such as mine shafts, you know, is there You know, is there any tainting of the soil? We had a show that we did on the Asarco smelter and how that poisoned a lot of the dirt. You know, Mm Vashon is, you know, deeply in the red zone, especially the south end of the island. talking about arsenic. Yes, arsenic and lead, Mm -hmm. both, right? So a lot of areas that were within the plume area where it would be blown out into neighboring areas... Um, were affected by that, so you can always find one of our past shows on our podcast mm-hmm. uh, and go back and listen to that if you're uh, in some of those particular areas. So it's a lot of like South King County and around Tacoma, right? Vashon Island. Um, other things that uh, radon, right? Right. That radon, was another one.
2: And, and radon, like is, landfills. Yeah, radon is actually the number one cause of lung cancer for not to non-smokers. Yeah. And it can be the result from landfills. Uh, in fact, there is uh, there are maps available for radon as well. And, and you can test your home with a very inexpensive, simple Yes, and you said that risk test. map
1: is the Department of Health.
2: Uh, yeah, Washington State Department of Health. Um, you can find it. I think it's called WTN Mobile. And, uh, and that will give you, you can actually, that one you can also source based on pollution indexes and, okay. and things like that as well. I think that one also might cover air traffic. Pollution, air noise.
1: Oh yeah, you know, yeah. And if you live up on Whidbey, <laughs> yeah if you're buying on whidby you got to sign that extra little document that says we're alerting you to the fact that there's military airplane noise up here. No, no complaining when you move in. That one
2: makes me <laughs> mad. I know. There, uh, well, I think it's
1: funny because if you live in Skagit County, it yeah. doesn't necessarily have the same document, but they still have the same. Like, I've been up at uh, connor yeah, oh, and yeah. man, those planes come by there, and you're just like. They're, Pardon they're, me while really loud noise noise goes by for a couple of minutes. The
2: growlers, they're called growlers. Yeah, yeah that's oh a, they do. Yeah, NAS would be. Yeah, and uh, they used to have a sign up in Oak Harbor that said, "Pardon our noise. Yeah, it's the sound of freedom." <laughs> yeah, there you go. You know, which which uh, I actually kind of like those when they fly. They fly over my brother's house who lives up on Camano oh, yeah. Island. You know, yeah. frequently and. Yeah, I think they're pretty cool, but oh well. Yeah, no, they're me. cool, but it, but yeah, it's but don't buy don't buy a house at the end of the runway and then complain about it.
1: I know I've never understood that, Oof. but but then again, you know, it's like one of those things. If you're buying in say, Des Moines, SeaTac, Tukwila, mm-hmm. uh Georgetown, yeah. you know, Boulevard Burien. Park. Yeah. Burian, uh, Norman yeah, like I have tons of people who ask about noise issues and you can you can see oh, where sure. everything is. But we're gonna talk more about how you as a consumer can find things like this when you're going about purchasing your home. So just stay with us after a few of these messages here on open house with team Reba. We'll be right back with Reba and Eric.
0: Open House with Team Reba on AM fifteen ninety. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba.
1: Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba, REMAX Metro East Side,
2: And I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And we are here every Saturday from 2 to 3 o'clock, bringing information on real estate and finance.
1: And Sundays from 3 to 4.
2: That's right. And also anytime on podcast.
1: Correct. Yep. Yes. Go to your favorites, Spotify, iTunes, what have you. You can Ask Alexa. That's right. She'll share some good information with you.
2: That's right. If you think you can't sleep, you can pull up this podcast. Oh, stop you're it. You're going to get so Stay excited listening to this information uh, that uh, you're really not going to be able to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> you're so sure, we're talking about, like, I about don't know.
1: I didn't test for all those things.
2: Collapsing coal mines and radon gas. <laughs> and lead and poisoning. Lead poisoning. Yes.
1: Well, I mean, these are the things that people want to know about, right? Absolutely. You know, it's like. I have so many people who think they can ask me about, you know, crime in schools. I'm like, how about what the house is going to have going on with it, you know? I think that's going to be a little bit more of some of my concerns. But, you know, okay, so you brought up the radon and where you can go to um, to find information on that. Because that's the thing is a lot of people don't realize there's a lot of repurposed land, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. stuff when it's done being used for commercial often gets converted into residential. So you know, you've already pointed out in Maple Valley, there's landfill that mm-hmm. was turned into you know living area. Maple
2: Valley, Kent, Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Oh, coal mine in Newcastle, of course. Too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, there's all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah. But then, uh, so like Newcastle Golf Course. The that's reason all... that's a golf course is, was the old
2: landfill. I remember when it was the dump. Yeah, yeah
1: exactly. And then also I can think of another place in uh, Renton that it's a former like gravel pit, mm-hmm. you know? So once they get done and they've extracted what they can, yeah. they do, th- it becomes, uh, listeners, what it becomes is these things called brownfields. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of these areas that have been used in a way that has been very disturbing to the land, may have brought in toxins may have some issues. The government most of the time requires that that land kind of basically just sit fallow with nothing happening to it for a very long period of time. Mm-hmm. Right. And then maybe something has to happen to it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes maybe not. Maybe sometimes it just has to sit for a period of time so that those things can work themselves out. Mm-hmm. But then it becomes you know this brownfield that can be then repurposed and right. oftentimes it can be turned into a residential area.
2: Well, another good example is is Ruston down in Tacoma. Yes, you know, which perfect. Which was totally in the, the fall out from the Asarco exactly. copper smelter, which they, that was a super fun site. And they actually mm-hmm. brought in tons and tons of Yeah, because they couldn't
1: they couldn't dig it no. because it was going to release that and it was going right. to really pollute more Puget Sound right. and and the general area. Right. So, so they, they yeah. capped it, they covered it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Some other stuff that we were talking about though is like, how can you find some of these things before you go spend a bunch of time mm-hmm. looking at property? Right. Right. So um, some of the things that come up quite a bit, at least in my particular line, of, you know, this duo of work that we do is, um, like I, I just had a showing the other day where two properties were pretty close to where some power lines are, mm-hmm. you know, significant power lines. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, so I had to have a conversation with a couple about that. Like, Hey, how do you feel about living near power lines? Cause that has always been very disputed. Yeah. You know, some people think there's, you know, health issues related. Some people think it's a bunch of hooey. And, but some people just don't want to see it or sometimes they're depending on the amount of current that's being carried through and the power, uh, and how many lines are coming through, it can have noise mm-hmm. associated with it. Right. Yeah. Um, so some people just like the aesthetically, they don't want to be around it, you know? So just a reminder, most of the websites that are out there nowadays have this aerial view, like a satellite view option. Mm-hmm use it absolutely because you can drill down, use that little plus and minus on the page and drill down because you can find very easily where those power lines go mm-hmm. and you can see where that property sits, whether it's adjacent to one of those areas or not, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing with large arterial roadways or highways. You know, if you don't know the address, just look at the satellite view right, right. and you can save yourself... A ton of time. Did, did you know there's a lending
2: rule on those high tension power lines that your home has to be further away from far as far enough away from a tower that if the tower fell down, it doesn't fall on your house?
1: I did not know that.
2: Mm-hmm. I even
1: learned something myself on this show. There's a rule. Well, yeah. I could certainly see why because it would.
2: We actually had once to get an appraiser. We had, to, we had to figure out how tall this tower was. Okay. Uh, because we had to figure out the falling distance. Yeah. And you can't just guess on how tall a tower is. No. You know, unless no. you're really good at trigonometry, you know, right. or, you know and, and figuring all that, I guess yeah. it'd be geometry, but yeah. Um, anyway, Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we had to actually do a bunch of, reach out and get a bunch of uh, information on how tall that thing was so that if, yeah. you know, if, it, if it fell over, it wouldn't hit our, hit our, our, our subject property.
1: Yeah. Well, okay. So that is something that's visible. Right. So one of the other things you and I talked about before we got on the show, and when we were discussing our topic matter, was there's the things that are unseen, Mm -hmm. but that are just as dangerous. Right. Right. So we have mentioned a couple of times um, because we have all these anecdotal stories and whatnot. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Gas line, and I'm not just talking the what's going to your house to you know fuel your furnace. We're talking about pipelines. Hot water. We're talking pipelines, and you know now some of those power lines that we see do have. Pipelines underneath it, mm-hmm. following underneath, correct. That's right. So, um, some of that you can find, but again, title can sometimes alert you to that. So, I've had a couple of transactions over the last 18 years where we got into contract and we see a notation for an easement for a pipeline or mm-hmm. a gas company. And then, you know, we recommend to the customer, like, we need to have you follow that and ask more questions. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, in those two scenarios, what we found out was that it wasn't just a a utility easement for, say, a neighbor. It was a, oh my goodness, uh, that's a four foot diameter pipeline coming through with another one right next to it that was an abandoned one. And then when we went and asked people that worked at the, you know, the gas companies, um... What would happen? Because in one case, it was a beautiful, and this was many years ago. This house is mm-hmm. worth much, much more now, but it was $1.4 million. Mm-hmm. And it gr- just grazed the corner of where the house was built. And I was actually kind of stunned that they let it be built so close. Yeah. Because um, it literally grazed the corner of the foundation of this house. And we followed up and followed through with questions. And we said, well, what would happen if this line were to ever rupture? And they said, you and your family would be atomized. Mm -hmm. And my client went, (laughs) bye-bye. We're gone. And we just had that happen again just recently with a, a sale last year. Client got under contract. Saw another notation on the title and I went, I think you guys should go ask some questions because they thought it was just the neighbor utility easement. Lo and behold, found out it was another pipeline and, and the wife was, you know, just adamant. She said, I, I just, I can't, even though these other folks were coming, she's like, I just, I can't imagine like if something happened and something happened to my family I I would never be able to forgive myself, right? Right. You know, yeah, and, and sure. which I totally get. Yeah, of I course. totally get it. Of but those are things that you know you just kind of have to be really paying attention. And here is the other thing I need to to bring up yet again, which I think I've already mentioned a little bit on this show, is real estate agents are not required to know all this, right? The caveat emptor is for you, the buyer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now. There have been court cases where someone has tried to blame an agent. How could you not have known or why didn't you recommend? But the court would still say it is still incumbent upon you, the buyer, to do your due diligence. And that means not just relying on what other people are telling you. Because here's the reality. That seller disclosure form, if that owner... Didn't know it was there. How are they supposed to tell you? Right. Sometimes ignorance is bliss. Mm -hmm. And in one very famous case here locally, uh, I know the attorneys, the real estate attorneys in town all know it by heart. I don't have the case, you know, in front of me. But uh, there was a case where there was a slide like we're going to go into the flooding side of things here in a minute. And there was a house sitting there. A slide had occurred on the parcel next to it. And the buyer of this other house said, hey, what's the risk? And the agent, first of all, the agent was a dummy in the way that they handled it. They're like, well, clearly they fixed it for these guys, so it's probably all fine. And the buyer went, okay. And then lo and behold, big slide happened, house is ruined, and now the buyer's looking to, who can I hang on this? Mm -hmm. And... That court, it it went all the way to the Supreme Court here in the state of Washington. And at one point they said, seller, you knew about the slide hazard and you didn't share it. But they fought it even further, appealed it, and it went all the way up. And the court uh, at the Supreme level said, no, buyer, too bad. And so, I mean, and they just said, seller wasn't responsible to tell you. Um, you know, because they didn't necessarily know specifically Mm -hmm. about that hazard. They thought it had been rectified, so they had nothing to to have. But you had a chance to test, you know, and you shouldn't have relied on this agent who clearly didn't know what they were talking about Mm -hmm. because they're not a geotech expert. Right. Right. So, you know, these are very important elements. Um, You and I were talking about this as we went into the show um, and flooding. So like Mm -hmm. in that slide scenario, that is frequently that's considered, considered flood. flooding.
2: Yeah, that's flood damage. Yeah, And your insurance policy does not cover it.
1: No, it does not. In fact, actually, Gerald Grinter from Threshold, Nosh & Dwell Insurance Company was on this show, and he let us know that there is slide insurance because mm-hmm. it's different than flood insurance. Right. But because in some of those cases, you can't get flood insurance, but you can get slide insurance. Right,
2: right. Yeah, and that's a really important thing to, to look into. If you mm-hmm. do live on a hillside, and especially at the bottom of it or i guess even at the top of it you know things can change the water tables can change somebody might make some adjustment at the top the earth is not static no it's definitely not and all you have to do is is look at the coastline Mm -hmm. and along puget sound and you're going to see all these parabolas Mm -hmm. and every parabola there's another fun
1: word you like it like fun words okay every show parabola yeah
2: well, those parabolas are slides. Yes. And, um, you know, I uh, anecdotally, I go way back. I've got one of my mm-hmm. best friends lost their family cabin over in mm-hmm. Kingston, over Apple Tree Point. You well, know, our massive
1: slide that we happen here caused a tsunami in Japan back in, I think it was the 16 or 1800s. Per-
2: Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, these, these have been going on forever. And we have more information. I you were say Perkins Lane. Oh, yeah. yeah no, no, no. You and I have talked about that plenty of times. But we have more about those kinds of issues and how to go get information and to find out about them when you're looking to buy a property after we get back from these messages at Open House with Team Reba.
0: Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. back to
2: Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Austinus from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage.
1: And I'm Reba Hass from Team Reba. And Reba, yes. somebody
2: wants to reach out to you with a question. How do they do that?
1: They can email me directly at reba at teamreba.com. That's R E B A at teamreba.com. Or you can call me or text me at 206 910 3429. How about yourself?
2: You can uh, email me at eric at com. That's E-ERIC with a C. Or you can call me too, 206-915-3742. 915-ERIC. Yes.
1: So, uh, okay, I'm going to go back to what we were talking about just before the break, which was the issue of flooding. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are flood maps, right? So slide zones, are, well, first I'll go through the slides first, and then we'll go back to flood. Okay, yeah. So... There are uh, a number of different resources that you can go to, but if you were to go Google um, Slide Zone, mm-hmm. you know, for say King County or City of Seattle, there are maps mm-hmm. that will show you uh, a variety of the areas where, because like when I helped your brother in Camano Island, mm-hmm. there's Slide Zones over there, absolutely, all along West Seattle, Magnolia, uh, Shorewood, through Burien, Normandy Park, all mm-hmm. of those areas. Uh, A lot of sandy soil. Yep. So those are, you know, what are some of the things that you can do for that? You know, go look at those maps. We've talked even about there's one townhouse development in West Seattle that the title, the city of Seattle has a very long section on the title of all of those units that says this is a slide liquefaction zone. Mm -hmm. And if something happens... That those developers who built there were told in advance. Mm -hmm. So, anyone buying in there on your own is, yeah, the city's like, we wash our hands of any issues you're Mm -hmm. buying knowing that you could have a problem. That's right.
2: That's right. You know, no, those slide zone maps are helpful. to show past mm-hmm. slides, yeah, they won't necessarily necessarily show everything or future slides. Oh, so is a good case Yeah, point.
1: well, I mean, the one I'm talking about that I I found years ago is showing mostly just kind of like the it's almost like a topo kind of yes. thing, right? And mm-hmm. it, and so it's just saying, hey, warning, warning. And yeah. the some of the things that you can do is doing like you know geotechnical testing and things like that. But again, it's not ever perfect because we've no. had times, especially with you know climate change, we've had. You know, inundations of you know water. Where, yeah, it's going to change. Well, you
2: know, a a really good sign too. If you're like mm -hmm. walking a property, you're trying to decide. You know, I want to buy this. Maybe it's on a hillside. Mm -hmm. Look at the trees. Yeah, if the trees exactly if the trees kind of come out and then they they angle yeah up. You know,
1: yeah, that's already that's that's land already in process moved. Yeah, land movement. Yeah, and we've had experts that we've talked to who say. That, that land has already been moving. Mm-hmm. It just hasn't had a significant um, individual impact yet. Right. But it will.
2: It could. Yeah, At absolutely. some point, it will. Mm-hmm.
1: And it could be that it's an earthquake that sets it off. It could mm-hmm. be water that sets it off. There's a number of different things that can happen from mm-hmm. that. So, you know, just, you know, we're not trying to, we're trying to educate, not mm-hmm. terrify people. Right. Um, but I'm going to go back to the agents. They move in and out of this industry so fluidly, like flooding, that you know, the knowledge base is very different from agent to agent. What?
2: Wait, no, I, no, no, I know. You just go on Instagram. You know, whoever's <laughs> got the best picture,
1: that's who you go with. Oh, can I just tell you, I have, I have a dear friend in the Dallas-Fort Worth area that I, I'm about to start vomiting when I see her photos on Instagram. I love her to pieces, but I have, if I have to see. One more picture of her looking wistfully out a window or staring at her mobile phone, you know, inside of a beautiful kitchen, you know, with some kind of, um, what am I, like some, uh, you know, inspirational quote underneath in the verbiage. And I'm just like, ah, like, please, (laughs) please. Stop! Could you please put something that's actually about real estate on here <laughs> instead of making this look like it's your ego? I'm like I, because I love her, but I'm like, yeah, oh. it's it just it, you can tell it, it drives me batty. It drives me batty because I'm just I'm I'm about the nuts and bolts of this industry, right, and right. I always have been. Yeah. I got asked to be on HGTV a lot when I first got in the industry and yeah. I was younger, and you know, sixty minutes interviewed me. Yeah. And then when it put me on. Like when Redfin was doing their, you know, big expansion and did a big marketing thing, I was told I was too smart for the show. And I like looked at the producer like, Are you nuts? I'm like, who are you trying to put on? And he said, he literally said to me, Well, we want the stereotype of the real estate agent. There
2: you go. Yeah.
1: And I went, Oh great. Yeah. And they did. They found that person, yeah. one of my nemesis uh. in in town. And I was like, <laughs> Great. Great. She gets on. Just what we needed. The gal, the gal in the suit and cankles. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, I just, yeah, it just, you, you our, can tell it still burns, it yeah. chaps my hide. i going to
2: add one of the hazards This you're another real estate agent you come across Reba. Look out.
1: Well, you yeah. know, because but that's the whole thing is like this this couple that I took out, because I mentioned I'm a Zillow Premier agent, right? And you're yeah. a partner with mm-hmm. us on that. I took this couple out to look at stuff. And, in fact, power lines were one of the things. And so I was giving them the tips about, like, look at the satellite views. Yes. You can find these much more quickly. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And And the number of things that I asked them and pointed out to them, they are like, wow, yeah. you had a lot of information. I have really thought about that.
2: You know, yeah. even, even right now, I, I was looking at some maps and in, in living in the, the south end, although it's not just the south mm-hmm. end, uh, is uh, airplane noise. Yeah. Uh, if you go to Port Seattle, P-O-R-T org, not Port of Seattle, just Port yeah. Seattle.org, you can pull up the the flight track maps. Every time a plane comes in, they, they track it, and you can see the north flow and the south flow, and, and this will give you a very good idea of the overlay over the neighborhoods mm-hmm. because this hits Queen Anne, it hits... Mm-hmm.
1: East side, yeah, south end, yeah. It's funny. I'll have people who are like, "Oh, I don't want to buy down there because I don't want the airplane noise." And I'm like, "You know Mm. what? You go west of First Ave, and there's nothing.
2: uh, Right? It can be worse in Woodenville, you know. Yeah, exactly. Depending on where you're at. Yeah. So, so, but those maps. What, what, what is interesting about it? Think about it right now with with this pandemic going on. It's quiet. Yeah, flights are up by sixty percent. It might be quiet today. But fast forward a year, yes. things are back to normal. It might be a whole different story. Yes. So look at the maps, and and one 100%. of the things one of the things you can you can know is that the the planes the direction they take off will depend on on the wind. So when the wind is from the south, the airports will depart in a southerly direction. They're going to fly mm-hmm. into the wind. When the wind is right. from the north, they'll do the opposite. Right. Well, they're doing that south flow operation sixty five percent of the year. So it's the summertime when they might, they Mm -hmm. might switch that around the winds coming from the North. Yeah. So that'll help kind of make some decisions because it might be super quiet right now, Mm -hmm. but it might not be so much in a year.
1: Well, you know, it all depends on your ability to withstand some of that because I've had, well, you and I had a mutual client. They, they found a house in Des Moines that they absolutely loved. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you saw the airport traffic going by, Mm -hmm. but they were like, well, inside the house, we really don't hear it. Mm-hmm. And we're oh, fine. Yeah. Yeah. We're totally fine with it. He's like, I grew up around that. Well, you and I even had um, another one of our first-time home buyer class alumni couples. Uh, they bought down in Puyallup recently, mm-hmm. and they bought by a train line. Yeah. And, in fact, what was so cute was as I was showing them the property, each of them independently, uh, when a train went by while we were there, was like, oh, oh, There's the train. Oh, that's so wonderful. Yeah. And they were like, oh, I just love that. I grew up near a train. And they just thought that was the best thing ever, where somebody else is going to be like, oh, good Lord, no. Right, right. You know? And so some people need absolute peace and quiet. So you really have to have... Good critical thinking, and not just look at what your price point is, yeah, sure. and look at the pictures online. Yep. But there's a lot more layers, literally involved. You know, That's under right. the ground, above the ground, in the sky, that you kind of need to check out.
2: Absolutely. You know. You know. Another one is arterials. You yes. Know, if you if you buy a home on an arterial, mm-hmm. let's say it's two lane right now. Mm-hmm. Is there a possibility that could get widened to a four lane if that's the case? Yes. You know, this the uh, the government has the right to take your land, you know, compensate you for it, but they can widen that no, street. No, no, or there no. Or might money no, be no. easements.
1: I was going to say, don't say it like that because that's not always the way it is. It's not mm-hmm. an eminent domain kind of thing. Um, it can be. It, it can be. But what can show up in the purchase process... In your title is in your title there might be a right of way mm-hmm. notation and i've had that even just on beacon hill absolutely so make sure and do your do your homework do folks. your research
2: yep do yes. your googling yes. check out all these other sites
1: caveat emptor my That's friends right. and have a
2: great weekend thanks again for <laughs> listening to open house with team rewol we'll talk to you next week
0: Thank you for listening to Open House with Team Reba. To contact us, visit Team Reba at RE-MAX Metro Eastside on Facebook or email info at teamreba.com. Join us again next Saturday afternoon at 2 for more Open House with Team Reba here on AM 1590. The answer. The preceding program was sponsored by Team Reba of REMAX Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services.